What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Last Take Sports Podcast. And today, as always, we are bringing another special episode talking about The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary that just aired on ESPN. And as we know, it was the, it was the newest sports thing that's happened in about two and a half months. But before we get into it, what, how have you guys been holding up during this quarantine? I've been doing pretty good, Elliot. I mean, as good as I can be. I mean, it's always tough staying in uh, my home and being quarantined, but I mean, I know it's for the better and we're staying healthy and staying safe. So that's the big part. But Henry, how, how are you doing today? I am also doing very good, just quarantining like you guys are. But let's get into today's topic. As Elliot mentioned, we are talking about the last dance. So the first question we have today is, do you guys think it was the right decision for Bulls GM Jerry Krause to break up the Bulls core after the 97-98 NBA season. I know a lot of people might disagree with me here, but I honestly think it was the right decision. I don't know if it was the right decision to maybe fire Phil Jackson, but I think it was the right decision to let Scottie Pippen go to try to get as much value as you can out of him because I don't know if he had much of his prime left. And just coming off of that sixth championship, I think it made the most sense for him to try to get as much value as you can for Scottie Pippen. So I, I thought that was actually a good move by him. And of course, uh, when Phil Jackson was gone, Michael Jordan kind of went with him and he, he left the Bulls. So, I mean, I think it just started with that, uh, the Phil Jackson firing, which I don't agree with, but I do agree with the Scottie Pippen uh, letting him go but Elliot what, what do you think about this move well honestly I'm actually very torn between this because as you said coming off that sixth championship I don't think it was the right decision to let Phil Jackson go he's shown that he could rebuild a team although he had the pieces shown for him in Chicago and even though I think Mike I think the core would have came back for one last season if they really wanted to or should I say one last dance in 99? But I just don't think that – I I don't know if it was the right decision. You never know if Jordan would have been happy in his situation in Chicago. I'm sure he would have been because he's mentioned it so many times in the documentary. And I'm not sure if they would have been able to afford so many pieces that they had in the previous seasons. And Phil Jackson, the firing, which honestly I had – I know that they said in the uh, in the pre in early in the season that he was not going to be the Bulls head coach next year, but I just don't see why. And Henry, why 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 do you think that they fired Phil Jackson? I think it's because in a situation like that, when they when they were going to clear the entire team anyways, I think it was just good enough to move on. And Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson never really had a great relationship which probably caused the ending of the Bulls dynasty. But going back to the original question of uh, should Jerry Krause have broken the team down, I'm also torn like you are, Elliot, because like you, like we have mentioned, it was they had just won a sixth championship, and what's to show that they couldn't win a seventh? But also there was they had an aging Michael Jordan, an aging Scottie Pippen, and that core was just going to get too old. So I think eventually it had to be done, but I think they could have let Michael Jordan go another one or two years as he was. And it was just weird because I I thought it was personally weird because I I knew that Jordan, as he mentioned, wouldn't play for another head coach 
besides Phil Jackson, as he mentioned. But why do you think he went to uh, Washington? So my reasoning probably for why Jordan did go to the Bulls or leave the Bulls was first because Phil Jackson wasn't there and he wasn't going to play and everybody else was gone. But second, probably because the Wizards were willing to pay him the most money. And it's at that point in his career, he didn't, he obviously cared about winning because it's Michael Jordan. He's always going to care about winning. But I think at that point, it was really just about getting the most money in the shortest amount of time he had left in his career. Yeah. And the funny thing about Michael Jordan and the Wizards, I saw this funny stat saying how like Michael Jordan is like third or fourth on the all-time scoring list for the Washington Wizards organization. And he was only there for a couple of seasons. So it just shows you the impact that Michael Jordan can have on the team and the impact that Michael Jordan can have on a game and even a full season. I mean, Michael Jordan is just amazing. He's a great scorer and he just has incredible impact on any team he can go to. He's the best player of all time. Yes, but we will get into that topic later. But moving on to our next topic from the last dance, do you guys believe that Isaiah Thomas, Pistons point guard, should have been on the 1992 USA Olympic dream team? So if you did watch the last dance or you were a big basketball fan in that era, you knew that the Pistons and the Bulls did not have the best relationship. And Michael Jordan – and the whole Pistons team didn't have the best relationship. And I honestly don't think that Isaiah Thomas should have been on the dream team, even though that he was one of the best point guards in that time frame. It's just, you kind of get what Michael Jordan wants at that time, because if you're, if you're Michael Jordan, the best player in the, you're the best player in the NBA and you're getting invited to play for the Olympic team, you know, risking, the season and whatnot, are you going to want to play with your, like, not a good friend of yours, like, probably your enemy? And the answer to that is no, obviously. But I'm very curious to see what you have to say, Andrew. Yeah, Elliot, I, I have to agree with you. I just don't think Isaiah Thomas should have been on the Dream Team. But I'm not saying he wasn't good enough to be on the Dream Team because I absolutely think he was definitely good enough to be on that team. It's just a lot of people viewed him as a disrespectful player, especially of all people, Michael Jordan, who was basically the captain of that team. And he uh, has been told, and it's been told that he handpicked his teammates for that dream team. But I mean, you look at Isaiah Thomas, he was probably the second best point guard in the NBA at that time behind Magic Johnson. But it's just a lot of Michael Jordan did not like him. He viewed him as a disrespectful player. And that came right after Isaiah Thomas walking off the court early and all the bad boys as time expired when Jordan and the Bulls beat them in the conference finals to go to the NBA finals. So that was viewed as a disrespectful move. Isaiah Thomas was uh, a disrespectful player towards uh, Michael Jordan and a lot of other NBA players. And here's also one last thing, Michael or Magic Johnson, excuse me, he said that he thought Isaiah Thomas was absolutely good enough, but he just said he thinks Isaiah Thomas would have broken up the morale and the chemistry of that dream team and just would not have been a great fit, and overall they would have been worse off. So the answer to this question, no, I do not think Isaiah Thomas should have been on the dream team, not because he wasn't good enough, but because chemistry-wise it would have messed up the team. Henry, what do you have to say about this? 
Yeah, like you said, like you said, Andrew, he would have messed up the morale and the chemistry of that team. But I think overall, I do believe that it was the right decision to not have him on the team. But if you're following what the dream team is supposed to be, it's supposed to be the best players in the U.S. at that time. I think in that case, you should have put him on the team. But I feel like it was just the smartest decision to kind of have the team like it was. Otherwise, they may have not even won the gold medal. Yeah, and you said it that it was the right decision to not have him on, but the dream team was the team of the best players. But if you're Michael Jordan or even if you're Larry Bird on that team, are you going to want Isaiah Thomas, one of your rivals, I should say, passing you the ball or even maybe not passing you the ball? That's that's just where I came from this answer of no, he should not be on the dream team. Yeah, Elliot, it just doesn't make sense because the whole chemistry aspect of the team just would have been thrown off. And, you know, you have to have a team that plays well together, especially in the Olympics. And just having Isaiah Thomas on it would have screwed up a lot of things, I think. And he was definitely good enough. It's just he did not have the relationships to be able to play on that team. Yeah, like you guys said, it just made the most sense. But moving on to our third topic today, do you guys believe that Jerry Krause should have paid Scottie Pippen? And another thing that happened in the Last Dance series was Scottie Pippen, in reaction to not getting paid, did have a legs, I believe, legs, leg or hip surgery late, causing him to miss a lot of uh, one particular season. So you guys think he should have still taken that surgery late? So here's the thing, Henry. So answering the question of uh, should Jerry Krause have uh, paid Scottie Pippen a better contract? And I think at the time he was thinking, Michael Jordan, we have to keep him. We have to give him the big sack of money. So at that point, Scottie Pippen was kind of left in the dark there, and he couldn't get all his money that he probably deserved. But Scotty, I have to say, it's part of Scotty Pippen's fault for not taking a bigger contract. He would willingly sign the seven-year, eighteen million, I believe, contract, which was a terrible contract for him. And he mentioned this in the last dance, I believe. He just wanted to make sure everybody in his family was paid for, and there was no uh, loopholes where he could end up taking a short-term contract. And if he got injured or possibly his career had to end, he wouldn't be able to provide for his family. So I understand him taking the contract, but I say it's part of his fault for not asking for a bigger contract. And if it was that big of a deal for him to get a lot more money, I think he might have just been better off going elsewhere to get the money he deserved. Elliot, what do you think about this? Well, as you mentioned, uh, Scottie Pippen strictly took the deal to to take care of his family. He mentioned that in the in the documentary, but I think that it was kind of it was kind of ridiculous of him to you know not have the surgery during the off season. But Henry, what do you think about this? I think it was just an all-around an interesting type of team because Scottie Pippen had the opportunity to make a lot more money, and he just chose not to. So that's his fault. And in reaction to it, I think 
Jerry Krause probably should have realized what he did was wrong in saying he wouldn't pay him after. So I think Scottie Pippen probably made the right decision in taking uh, the surgery late, but I think it's kind of a, that's kind of a bad move on his part and makes him look like kind of a baby in that, in a sense. And I think as a, as a man playing in a professional sports league, you probably shouldn't do that, but he's also the one in power. So he can do what he wants. I'm just curious. What do you guys think? The the reason Scottie Pippen had his surgery late, obviously because he was pissed off at Jerry Krause, but why why do you think that he didn't want to play the season in the first place? I think Elliot was just strictly out of frustration, and I think he was very frustrated with the way Jerry Krause was treating him and the rest of the players on the team, and he was willing to take a stand by sitting out that season and taking the surgery late. So, Elliot, what, what do you have to say? I definitely saw that the players did not rightfully respect Jerry Krause as much as, you know, Jerry Krause would like, you know, Michael and Scotty making fun of, short, making fun of how short he was, just at practices in the facility. But it's just, it's just crazy that that, that high-caliber of player – is making that little money compared to not as high as caliber players, not even close. But, Henry, do you have anything else to say for this? Or do you think it's just straightforward? I, I think it's we've been pretty straightforward with this. So before we move into our final two topics, let's go listen to everybody's favorite ad from Anchor that is talked by Elliot. Thank you for listening to that quick ad from Anchor. But let's get right back into the Last Dance recap. So one of the questions that we've been talking about a little bit was how important was Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman to Michael Jordan's success as a Bulls player? I mean, I think they were like a huge part of Michael Jordan's success just because I do not think Michael Jordan could have won six championships without them and I think Michael Jordan could have won maybe four but I do not think his legacy would be the same without them and I just don't think Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman get enough credit for their uh uh for what they uh did for that team because Dennis Rodman basically as uh funky as he was and as silly as he was his hair and how he went about business I think he was really the glue to that team. And the rebounding, the defense, that's something that he provided that not many other people provided on that team. And Scottie Pippen could be the best wingman in that, uh, like, Joker to Batman type of guy ever. Or not Joker to Batman. My bad. That that was a really bad comparison. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, he's the best, like, wingman to Michael Jordan that he could have asked for, you know? And I just think Scottie Pippen is underappreciated for what he did because he truly was one of the best small forwards of all time. And I think that's sometimes overshadowed by Michael Jordan being arguably the best player of all time. So for me, I think without Scottie Pippen and without Dennis Rodman, I truly think that Michael Jordan would not have the legacy he had today and would not have the championships he had today. Elliot, what do you think about this? You know, when Michael Jordan went to play baseball in 95, I thought that really changed Scottie's Pippen, Scottie Pippen's, uh, excuse me, uh, reflection on Michael Jordan. You know, 
he saw that he couldn't do it by himself and he needed a partner to do it with. And like you said, they were perfect partners to do it together. And just adding Rodman, that defensive monster and rebounding monster. And honestly, the most important part was protecting Michael and Scotty. I think that group of three really flowed together. And, you know, Scotty and sorry, Scotty and uh Scotty and Rodman really bonded in that ninety five season when Jordan wasn't playing. And that I think that really got the uh that connection going when, you know, they were together alone and not and they had to count on each other to make plays. And that's why I think that they both really knew that they could count on Michael and that Michael can count on them. And that 96 championship, when they kind of just blew out the supersonics, is really what started that legacy of three. Yeah, Elliot, and I just think Rodman just brought a certain toughness. Like you saw from when he was on the bad boys, I mean, he was the leader of that defense. Even even at a young age, I mean, he just brought a certain type of toughness to the bad boys that helped them win championships. And especially with the Bulls. I mean, you saw Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. They weren't like defensive threats. They weren't the ones shoving guys on the defensive end. But Dennis Rodman, he really brought that toughness, that intensity to that team. And I think that's part of what willed him to a championship. But, Henry, what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, like you guys have said, I don't think Michael Jordan wins six championships without those guys. No NBA player is going to go out and win a championship just – by themselves. I mean, it's happened before, but like there's times in the league where just injuries happen. You're not going to like in the times that they were playing in no Michael Jordan wasn't going to go win a championship by himself. Maybe he wins two. I, but I don't know. Two to four, but I don't think it's going to, he's going to win six. And those guys were just the guys that made the team so much better, which made them the unstoppable dynasty and maybe the greatest dynasty in NBA basketball history. Yeah, and as you mentioned, when Dennis Rodman uh when Dennis Rodman joined the team in ninety six or ninety five, excuse me, scratch that. Dennis Rodman really helped them in the ninety seven and ninety eight finals because, you know, he had to guard Carl Malone and you can't you can't stop that man, but he sure slowed him down to win those two finals. And that's what I really found special that how much Scotty and Michael could count on Rodman on the defensive end. Yeah. Moving on to our four fifth and maybe final topic today. We, we are going to give our top five NBA players of all time. So Andrew, would you like to go first on that? Yeah, Henry, I would. So top five players of all time. This discussion is very relevant now because of the Last Dance documentary. And a lot of people are saying, who's the GOAT? Who's the GOAT? But let's start off here with number five. And I have Kobe Bryant at number five. And I mean, Kobe Bryant could be the closest thing to MJ. And I just think he could be one of the best scorers of all time behind MJ. And I just think Kobe Bryant was just a brilliant offensive player and just a brilliant player winning five championships. But moving on to number four, I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who has just won plenty of championships. He's the best center of all time, probably the best forward of all time. 
and you and he's just an incredible player. He wilt the Lakers uh, dynasty in the 70s, just the plenty of championships. So that's why I have Kareem Abdul at number four. And then at number three, I have Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson basically just made the Lakers, the whole organization, just the best organization in NBA basketball by simply carrying on the dynasty that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar basically set in stone there. And he took it to the 80s. And Magic Johnson made it okay to be a big point guard. And he was the, the best passer of all time, I think, in NBA history, as well as being an incredible scorer. And number two, I have LeBron James. <laughs> and a lot of people are saying, oh, no, I have LeBron at number one. But no, I have LeBron at number two. And I think it's simply because he just doesn't have as many championships as Jordan. And I just think he doesn't have the same type of intensity and that he brings to the game as Jordan. And yes, LeBron brings different things to the game. I think LeBron was probably a better passer than Jordan. And I think LeBron was probably maybe a better defender than Jordan. But overall, I think LeBron is just the second best player of all time simply because how we could lead a team and how he can score, how he can pass. He's pretty much a do-it-all player. But going to number one, I have Michael Jordan, simply because Michael Jordan has proven that he can win championships and he can win in the playoffs. Also, Michael Jordan is the best scorer of all time, in my opinion. And not only that, he's just Michael Jordan. What can I say? But, uh, Elliot, you, you want to talk about your top five? So, yeah, I have Mike or Magic Johnson at number five simply because he's the best point guard of all time and simply because he played on the Lakers and the Lakers won so many championships in that era. But I'm just curious, Henry, who do you have at number five? At number five, Elliot, I do have Bill Russell. He, he, is, at, he, is, the one, he is the player who has won the most championships, I believe, as an NBA player with 11 and I think you can't deny the fact that he's just he's just a pure winner and he dominated the NBA for so many years. And I think that's why I don't think he's better than the four guys I have ahead of him, but I think he's just been he was so dominant for so long he has to be included in the top five. Yeah, and here's where I have Bill Russell because he he was the he's the best defender of all time, in my opinion. I know you could say otherwise, but he would come and lock down every good center in that era every single night and he could also score the ball and as you mentioned he won 11 championships in 13 years which is obviously impressive but Henry I'm who do you have for I'm actually pretty curious at number four I do have Kobe Bryant and like Andrew mentioned before most people do have him as the closest comparison player wise to Michael Jordan and I think when you have somebody that's that I wouldn't uh, he's still so far behind Michael Jordan Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time, but I'll get to that soon. Kobe Bryant is just – when you have Michael Jordan at number one like I do, I think you just – and you have a guy who's so comparable to him, I think you have to have him on the top five. So, Elliot, wh who is your number three player in this top five? Well, here's where I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and simply because I don't – I know that Michael Jordan – like. Okay, Michael Jordan, he could score the ball, all right? But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most points in NBA history. And he brought it every single night. And 
he kind of started that Lakers dynasty and that Lakers, you know, being a big market like the Boston Celtics and like the Chicago Bulls because great players start that those great markets. But who do you have at 300? Just like you, Elliot, I do have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, probably the greatest overall scorer of all time. Obviously, he is the scoring leader of all time. But I think by by the looks of it, these last two players are probably the most obvious on this list. And I'm, I just want to make sure that you have those same two, Elliot. Yes, we can both agree that it goes LeBron at two and MJ at one. And, you know, they're both such different players. And if LeBron could win two more championships in his career, would you consider him putting him atop of Michael Jordan? Elliot, I would not. I think it just his his amount of losses in the finals is just going to hurt him. And you can't once once the losses are there, you can't really get rid of him. And the fact that Michael Jordan six and zero, he's never going to lose that. And but you you can add wins, but you can't you can't really get rid of the losses. And I think those losses are just going to haunt LeBron forever. Yeah, and Elliot, you mentioned it too. I mean, these two players, LeBron and Michael Jordan, they're just not really comparable. It's just really hard to compare them because they're two. They play two different games. You know, Michael Jordan. I mean, he's the guy who who always had to get the ball. And LeBron, you see, he won't necessarily go off for fifty, sixty some nights, but he's the guy who might pass the ball to the open man. He's the guy who gets triple doubles consistently. I mean, my. LeBron James is more of a do-it-all guy. Michael Jordan is I'm a do-it-myself almost type of guy. So it's really hard to compare. But I just think Michael Jordan was just a better overall player. Although I think LeBron was a better all-around player. So, yeah, that's, that's what I got about uh, MJ and uh, LeBron debate. Answering our final question, the GOAT debate, I think we can all agree that MJ is the GOAT of basketball currently. and. That is simply straightforward. Yes, that is correct. And with that, guys, I think this will be the end of today's Last Take Sports Podcast episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and download this podcast, as well as maybe give us listen to this on multiple platforms. That would be very appreciated, too. But with that, we will see you guys next time on the Last Take Sports Podcast.